Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, where we bring you the most in-depth look into the property management industry. We discuss hot topics with property managers, vendors, and those that support the property management industry. The National Association of Residential Property Managers is the recognized leader in property management. Our host is Pete Newbig, co-founder of Empire Industries Property Management and co-founder and CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. Now, here's your host, Pete Newbig. Welcome, everybody, to the NARPM Podcast. We have Phil Owen, the CEO of Onsite Pros, which is a national third-party property reporting company. Phil has over 15 years' experience in project management, software design, and executive leadership. As CEO, Phil's primary professional mission has been to help property managers learn to maintain exceptional property awareness, facilitate accountability and fairness with tenants, landlords, and professional property managers. He's traveled coast to coast teaching and collaborating with professional property managers to that end. He spends most of his free time on his kid's lemonade stand, Ethan and Nora's fresh squeeze. Always avoid this topic when talking to Phil because he will never stop talking about it. Actually, Phil is a good buddy of mine. Phil and I have collaborated on many projects and I was a big fan of Onsite Pros when I owned Empire Industries, used them for many years and I'm looking forward to our conversation with Phil here. But first, let's hit our hot topic, the hot topic today. So my hot topic today is what happens when you have a resident that does not allow you to get in to perform your annual assessment, inspection, condition reporting, however you want to you call it, right? So the biggest hassle that we had was trying to coordinate with residents and then having a team member go to the annual assessment. First of all, if you are doing this internally, why are you doing this internally? This is, I mean, not just a huge hassle, but a huge time suck. And most of you don't even charge for this to your owners for this service, which is just crazy to me. So my hot top, like I got lots of hot topics on this. Like these are micro topics, micro hot topics, but one, stop doing it Two, stop not charging for the service. It takes you time, effort and all that stuff. And if you're just doing drive-bys, what the heck does that do? Yeah. The house is still there. Big whoop. So anyway, that's not even, I got completely off topic here, right? So the main thing here is I want to talk about the biggest hassle where your residents For whatever reason, typically because it's not a good reason because they don't want you in the house for whatever reason, but for whatever reason, they're not going to go ahead and perform the assessment. So what do you do, right? So I've I've come up with like a couple of different, you know, different solutions or options, right? So number one option is, you know, do not renew the lease if there's no inspection. So if they don't get you know, if they don't do the inspection, then um, send them a 30-day notice, or to, you know, basically we're not of non-renewal, right? I like what my buddy Todd Orshai does is he actually combines this with a fee structure for lease renewal, meaning if they renew the lease in greater than so many days, then there is no lease renewal charge. And then if like, so let's say after 90 days, right? So if they get the property 
Now, again, we don't, re- we don't sign any lease renewals until they allow the inspection in, right? So you can combine these two. So if I structure the lease renewal where it's after, let's call it 60 days. I'm just throwing numbers out here. You design the way you want it. But if it's greater than 60 days out from the end date, then it's free. If it's anywhere between 30 and 60 days, then you charge X dollars and under 30, you're going to charge Y dollars, right? So that's one option. The other option is you could just send them a month to month with a really like a 25% increase and an administration fee, uh, or you can just send them a non-renewal notice. So you can send them the month-to-month lease. Um, we used to send the month-to-month lease in, with 25% increase and a big administration fee, and people would pay it. But what happens is I still don't get into the property, so I don't know what's going on. So we actually stopped doing that, and we started sending a non-renewal notice. But now I know about Todd's little hack, and I really like that as an option. And then, of course, you send the non-renewal notice if they don't perform the lease renewal. So that's the way. I, that's kind of my recommendation to solve this issue. But the you know the, I do have people that forcibly perform the assessment. So you know your lease typically will state that you have access to go into the property with a twenty-four hour notice, and that there is a fee to charge. And I'm not a big fan of this because obviously this is hostile, right? It's like a hostile takeover. And uh, we've tried this in the past. And, you know, you got residents that are home that won't let you in the property, right? I mean, this is where things could get escalated. People can get out of control and something can happen to your team member. And so you don't want that to happen. Also, uh, if they're not there, they might have dogs and they didn't maybe kennel the dogs, Last thing I want to do is go into a house with a, with a big old dog there, whether they, whether you know they're there or not, right? Because a lot of times you may actually have a unauthorized animal in, in the property. And honestly, it's a big waste of time, right? You're, you're going there and yeah, you get to charge a little bit of money, but like it's a, it's a big hassle. And again, it's, it's not very secure. So I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of doing everything, of, of basically forcible entry. And then there's a new option now with technology where you can have the resident just perform the inspection himself. And with the technology, I think there's like a my walkthrough, I think get rent check. I think a few of these folks have the technology. Now, I'm not a huge fan of this because I feel like you're giving the, the keys to the asylum to the inmates, so to speak, right? They're, they're only going to take the good, the good pictures or, the, or, you know, or the bad. I guess they're only going to take the good pictures, right? Because it's an annual assessment. But I believe that these softwares are smart enough now to say, hey, take pictures of this particular area of that. So I'm not sure how they work, but my understanding is that they actually are pretty good and you can see if they're not taking the right photos, which there's a little bit more administration on your time, you know, but there's no, there's no real cost to you and just except for a little bit of time and you're not putting yourself in, in a difficult situation if you're trying to, to you know, basically force, force your way in. So those are my little hot topics for today. We got a commercial break here, and then we're going to have our interview with Phil over at uh, Onsite Pros. Thanks for listening to me rant about my hot topic, and we'll be right back after these messages. Scaling your business means juggling many moving parts, leaving you wondering how to manage it all. How can you keep your eye on growth and streamline your operations? 
At RentBridge, we've created the Property Management Operating System, an ecosystem for property management marketing and process automation, where you can view and take action on the most important aspects of your operations, from sales and new owner onboarding to leasing, collections, renewals, and more. By bringing operations and marketing under one platform, you can have end-to-end -end visibility of your owners, tenants, and vendors from the first moment they interact with you, allowing you to add more doors with less effort and scale a truly profitable property management business. To learn more, visit rentbridgegroup.com today. Did you know that most tenants struggle to come up with a large sum of money needed to move into their new rental home? Let Renters Insurance Solutions help you solve this problem by giving tenants another option for security deposits. Property managers can make up to $200 per door annually with our programs. Learn more at our website, yourris.com. That's Y-O-U-R-R-I-S.com. Renters Insurance Solutions, your experts in property management and insurance. Welcome back, everybody. As promised, I have the Matcha Tea Kingmaker, <laughs> Phil Owen, CEO of Onsite Pros. So, Phil, thanks so much for being here today. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So, if you if you ever been to a NARPM event, you know that Onsite over the last year or so has been the Matcha King, where they make all these great matchas. And I never had it before, and and now I'm addicted. So, uh, as long I, as the unions at the hotel will allow it, that's uh, right. That, that's that's the kicker. Is, <laughs> that's is right. Do, do we get busted by the unions? So. So, all right. So, Phil, you're CEO of Onsite Pros. Can you tell us the story behind why and how Onsite Pros got started? Yeah, absolutely. So, it actually started, I, I didn't found it, I'm the CEO now, but the original founder was a property manager in San Antonio, Texas, named James Alderson. That's and, right. And, you know, the, the long and short of the story is he went to a NARPM presentation by a gal named Susan Auburn. And she's an OG, by the way. Susan's an OG. Uh, that's exactly right. Yeah. And she basically scared the crap out of him. And he realized that he was not maintaining property awareness at his properties. He wasn't doing an adequate job of move-ins, move-outs, or periodic reports. And he realized the legal liability that he had hanging over his head and realized that he did not have the capacity to do it himself or manage a team to do it. And so he said, man, I'm going to go find somebody that I can outsource this to. I outsource so many things in my business. Let me find somebody else who can do this. And he couldn't find somebody. So he started having some conversations with some other guys in the industry and said, hey, what if we all put our properties together? And we just found a, a third-party company that, that allows us to outsource our property awareness. And that's how Onsite Pros was born. And then people from other cities started going, well, when are you going to open up in our market? And we've, we've sort of spread across the country organically. Now, uh, how many markets are you all in? We're currently in 24 markets in 11 states. Nice. Stretching from Virginia Beach, Virginia to Salt Lake City, Utah, I think is our furthest west right now. Uh, nice. we're, we're still still stretching the borders a little bit. So, so tell us, you know, what are the different types of property reports or, you know, inspections, whatever you want to call them? What, what are the different types that, that you go through? So take me through like the life cycle of the, of, you know, of the house and, and then, how many times we had to get out there and what, what are the different reporting types? You know, that's a really good question. And that's something that, that candidly is evolving a little bit as new technologies come into the mix and, and make different things available. For our purposes, we really just boil it down into to two different categories. One is a basic report 
and one is a detailed report. A detailed encompasses your move in and move out reports. And in a detailed report, you want to capture every square foot of the property, whether it's damaged or not, so that you have a very thorough, this is what the property looked like before the tenant moved in. This is what the property looked like when the tenant moved out. We can compare those two things side by side. You get away from any issues. Well, it was like that when I moved in. You know, So like on your move-in reports, a mistake that a lot of people make is they only document issues. But if you only document issues, you can't prove the negative. When at the end of the lease, the tenant says, oh, it was like that. You can't go back and say, well, I can show that it wasn't like that. So on a move-in and move-out, you want to document every square foot of the property no matter what. The periodic is what we refer to as a basic, and that means you're looking at the same scope of work as what you're looking at on a move in and move out, but you're not necessarily taking pictures of everything. It's more of like an overview and issues type report because uh, you want to respect the tenant's privacy and frankly, their time. You don't want to be in the house for two, three hours, right? You want to you be able to get in and, and get out and let them get back to their lives. You know, as far as a timeline, Typically, what and and we actually just just had a focus group a few months ago of some industry leaders to say, hey, talk us through what your property awareness timeline is. What does that look like? Let's let's build an industry standard. And the long and the short of it is, they wanted to get into the property a couple of days before the tenant moved in. You always want to do that before the tenant moves in, so that it's completely vacant. You can get all the floors, the ceiling, the walls, all that kind of stuff. Nothing is damaged during the move-in process. So really important that you actually get in before the tenant moves in. And then what we have have understood is, is kind of industry best practice and what most of our clients do is you get back out to the property the first time around month three. That allows the, the tenant to have had the opportunity to kind of settle in. If they're smoking in the property, you're going to know it by then. If they've got illicit pets that aren't on the lease, you're going to know it by then. If they're hoarders, you're going to know it by then. If there are additional people who are living there that aren't on the lease, you're going to be able to identify it by then. It's not so early that you're going to miss things, but it's not so late that there's so much water under the bridge that, you know, the cat that they brought in has completely destroyed the carpet or the cigarette smoke or, you know, whatever the case may be. You get out there and you catch things early before it comes a, a, a much bigger problem. And then after that, you know, most of our clients tell us that they require a 60-day notice for renewal. So at that point, you would you would get back out to the property, you know, so that you you get that lease renewal. Or if they tell you, hey, I'm going to vacate, then you go ahead and schedule the move out for the day after the the tenant has left the property. And something that may be a, a topic I don't know for for later in the conversation. A lot of our our clients are also scheduling tenant self inspections between those periodic assessments where the tenant can use software to get eyes on the property. I don't know if that's if that's a direction you want to go today, but that has been a, an interesting twist in the property awareness side of things. Well, I was going to ask you what other, what other reports do they use? So we got move in, move out, periodic, maybe periodic two times a year, month three, maybe month nine or 10. And then and then you have these resident self-inspections. Are there any other mm. instances that people have asked you guys to, what's your take on drive-bys? Like, should property managers do drive-bys? Like, I never did it. I had 900 homes or 980 homes, so there was no way I was going to be able to do drive-bys. But I know people that they say they do drive-bys. What's, what's, your all's, what's your all's take on that? We do it. I don't think it's a valuable use of your time or resources. Yep, the frankly, house is there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maybe you do a drive-by uh, after a tornado hits. You know, maybe Kansas is a drive-by section. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and we do a lot of that, you know, especially like in, in Florida when we'll have hurricanes. 
We have, have people send us out and just do exterior only reports for disaster assessments. Honestly, to me, with the technologies that are available now, the drive-by is pretty much a, a non-issue. You give the tenant an app and let them go take a picture of the front yard and the backyard, and you've accomplished the same purpose as a drive-by look would. The drive-by just doesn't tell you enough to make it meaningful. It's just making sure nothing's on fire, right? You're, you're making sure there's not a trampoline or, you know, a dog roaming around in the backyard, whatever. But, you know, it, it's not a super valuable awareness item. A, another report that people do, you ask what, what other reports people do, is an initial and we highly recommend an initial report or an intake, some people call it. When you first start managing a property, you know, whether it's the move in and move out, that is to establish this was the condition before the tenant moved in and this condition when the tenant moved out. The initial assessment is to say, hey, this is the condition of the property when I started managing it so that you don't get blamed for the failures of the previous management. And you don't get that call three months in going, how could you have allowed this to happen? You go, no, 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 wait a minute. Let's look back. That was already there, <laughs> you know. And two, it allows you to get that first look at the property before you start managing the property to go, okay, look, here are code issues that I see. There right. aren't smoke alarms where they're supposed to be. The, you know, in Texas, there's not a keyless deadbolt, you know, whatever the case may be. Here are the things that before I start managing it and before we start renting it out, these are the things that are going to have to be done to bring it up to tenant landlord law or property code. And if you have an owner that balks at that and is like, well, I don't want to put smoke alarms in. Great. Well, I don't want to manage this property because if you're not even going to do the minimum, which brings it up to code, dear right. God, what's it going to be like trying to get you to do preventative maintenance? Yeah. yeah. And, and so yeah, that I, initial report's important. I think it's a great idea, right? Because like I, I still meet people today that they go and look, walk every property still that, that they're going to take on. And I understand why, right? Because if there are any issues, if the property is not up to code and you, you get rid of those pain in the butt clients ahead of time, I get that. That's right. You know, when you're a, a high growth property management company, it's really hard to do. Even if you have salespeople, it's just hard to do. We actually got to the point where we were doing our sales through Zoom or just phone calls. We wouldn't even go see the property. Google Earth was our friend. And we would get a percentage of time Right. Not super high, but a percentage of time, 10, 12, 15 percent of time where it was a house like, why did we take this house? Like we yeah. should have put eyes on that property. So let me ask you this on that on that initial report. Right. There's there's hard dollars and then there's soft dollars. Right. So if my team is going out to the property or I'm going out to the property, it's soft dollars. Right. I'm paying them a salary already. I'm paying myself you know, if I'm the business owner, probably nothing, right? Mm. <laughs> but I'm paying, but for you, for, to send a third party out, that's hard dollars, right? And I got to come up with that. And right. for whatever reason, people have this mindset that hard dollars cost more than soft dollars, which I can make an argument that soft dollars cost way more than hard dollars. But is there a way, uh, uh, let's talk the initial just right now. Is there a way to get the, to get the client to potentially pay for that, for that report? Like, what's your take on that? Yeah, almost all of our clients ask for their clients to pay for that. And they basically just say, hey, this is this is an initial assessment that helps us to identify any code issues, that helps us to identify any kind of maintenance issues that might be there so that we can make sure that this house is ready for you to rent and that we're going to be able to prevent any kind of significant legal liability for you and for us. And we want to make sure that you're you're ready for this to be a rental property. And so as a result, you know, we're going to be sending out an independent third party and this is what it costs. And 
you know, I've never had a client tell me that that an investor has batted an eye at doing that because it, it covers them. It covers the the client like everybody. Everybody's covered there. Yeah. And I think that when when you're doing it internally, you don't have a report, right? Like most of us don't. Right. We just we just right. look at it, put eyes on it, maybe make a couple of notes on 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 a, on a scribble pad. And so that's hard for an owner to pay for. But right. with with onsite or or you know with onsite pros, I do know this because I used, I used to use you guys here in Houston. I know that you guys produce a you know multi page professional report where when we had any kickback, we would just literally send the report and that yeah. kickback went went away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A deliverable makes all the difference when you're charging somebody for something. A deliverable makes all the difference. Now, in fairness. And I think everybody should use on-site pros, but you don't have to use on-site pros to be able to create a deliverable. Uh, you can use a tool like Z Inspector and have your team go out and create it. Now, I will tell you, it's a lot easier to bill when a third party goes out and does it mm. so that you can say, hey, here's the invoice. You pay this invoice than it is to send your team out and go, well, I think you should pay us for our, our time because yep. they'll look at you and go, well, no, that's just something you should do as part of this. But when you have an actual company you're sending out and going, hey, this is who we sent and this is what it costs. Here's the invoice. A lot easier to pass those costs along than when you're doing it in-house and and trying to to create the the charges as a result of that. Got it. Agreed. All right. So let's talk a little bit more in depth about move-in report. Yeah. Yeah. So the move-in report is, is I mean, you're basically going out and and trying to, our goal is to, to photo document every square foot of the property. And, you know, we use a 360 camera that you just set it in the middle of the room, you capture the floor, the ceiling, the walls, so on and so forth. And then, you know, beyond that, we have a list of criteria that we're taking in each room that we want to to look at. We want to check all of the smoke alarms. We we spray smoke in a can to make sure that not only, you know, if you push the button, all you're doing is checking the battery and the horn, but we actually spray smoke in a can to simulate a smoke emergency. So that way, you know, you have a functional smoke alarm and that the sensor is actually working. Uh, we pull them down, make sure that they're not older than 10 years old, make sure that they are where they're supposed to be according to code. One of the important things to do on a move in, move out is to photo document the interior and exterior of cabinets and drawers so that you can show that they were clean and empty when the tenant moved in and then do that again on the move out because a lot of times they'll come back to you greasy, grimy stuff left in there. And if you haven't photo documented the interior showing that they were clean and empty on the move in, it's hard to charge the cleaning fee on the move out because uh, you can't document that it, it wasn't clean at the, at the beginning. So do you think it's possible that I can kind of do a two for one or here? Like I can send you guys out to, to do the move in or, or if I going out doing it myself, right? Which if the move in looks good, which in theory it should, can I use those photos for listing as well? Or is that something you know, that I need to have a third, I need to have a yet another third, another person come in. Cause with the 360 camera, I would think that you might be able to use those photos for listing. Yeah. And, and it, a lot of it, Pete, depends on the market. You know, right now, rental demand is high and inventory is low. So you can do that. Now, I'll tell you if on site pros or if your maintenance guy or, or whomever goes out there with an iPhone or an iPad or whatever the case may be, that is not going to get you the same pictures as a photographer who's a professional and knows how to, how to set up the room and get the lighting right and has a DSLR. You know, I mean, you're not going to get the same quality of image Got it. as you are. But the fact of the matter is when the when the demand is high in the market, 
you're really just telling the story. You're, you're showing the house. You're not, you know, it's not like a sales listing, you know, and for instance, we use the, the Rico Theta cameras, you know, we're not using a, a $5,000 Matterport like you, you do sometimes in the sales listing. So it's not like this super high quality, sexy 360 degree image, but it tells the story of the property where they go, does this fit my lifestyle? Will my family live well in this house? So from our portal, you can actually download a zip folder that has all the high resolution images from the move in, save that, and then use that oh, that's pretty, the next that's, time that's, that that that's property is, is vacant. That's that newer. Is, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, newer. that's nice. something. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, absolutely. You can do that. It, it doesn't produce the same results as sending a professional photog, but now, a lot of our clients use it, it that way. If anybody knows me, y'all know I'm cheap and y'all know I always try to figure out ways to make money here. So on the move in report, who do I, who can I push that to? Is there a way to push the cost to the move report to either the tenant prospective new tenant or, or the, uh, or the owner? Is there, what what are some of your clients doing? And let me, let me, let me take a philosophical moment here. My degree is in philosophy. So let me, let me philosophize here for a moment. (laughs) That's exactly right. So I I strongly recommend to property managers and I'm, I'm not one. So, so take this with a grain of salt. Everything I know about property managers, I've learned from our thousand plus clients, but I spend a lot of time talking to, to very intelligent property managers. I highly recommend that for all of the the report types that you you perform, you charge both the owner and the tenant. And some people charge both the owner and the tenant the full amount and make it a profit center. Some say, hey, I'm going to charge the tenant 50% and the owner 50%. That's neither not my concern. The reason that I suggest that you charge both of them is even if you, so like for instance, for the move-in reports, most of our clients charge enough to cover both the move in and the move out report on an admin fee at move in. And they basically just say, Hey, Mr. Miss tenant, I need your security deposit. I need your first month's rent and I need your X dollars admin fee. And you know, the, the tenant pays that. And then they apply that money to pay for the move in. Even if that completely covers the move in and move out, I strongly recommend that you charge at least a nominal fee to the homeowner, to the, to the investor. And the reason for that is not greed, which you guys work hard and you deserve to make money. Go get paid. I'm all for you. But the real reason for that philosophically for me is it is a lot easier to increase an existing fee than it is to say, hey, I've always given you this. I'm going to continue to give you this, and now I'm going to charge you for it. So right now, you can charge enough with that move-in fee, with that admin fee, that you can cover the entire move-in and move-out report with that admin fee. But you've been around this industry long enough, and a lot of your listeners have been around this industry long enough to have seen – you know, the, the signs, Hey, no move in fee, first month's rent free, free Xbox for every new tenant. I mean, like whatever, <laughs> where, you know, there's a Please, scarcity of just good tenants. Get, yeah, right, right. That's just it. get my so, get a body in here. Yeah. That's it. So when that pendulum shifts, you want to have that placeholder fee that's already being charged to the investor that you can say, Hey, this fee just went from X to Y. It's a lot easier than saying, hey, I've always done this and I've given it to you for free, but now all of a sudden I'm going to start charging you. So I highly recommend charging both, but the majority of our clients are paying for it through an admin fee, and that covers the majority of the cost of the move-in and the move-out report. Yeah, I know like the resident benefits package, you could kind of build that in. A lot of people doing that, right? The admin fee for that. I know one of the things that we did is we we charged a a, a move-in fee. So if you had a move-in fee, it was X dollars. And part of the moving fee, because, you know, we don't want to just, I don't like creating 
fees just for the, for the, just to create fees. Junk right? fees. Is that, is that what the HUD secretary calls it? Junk fees? Junk fees. Right? Yeah. And, and Todd, oh, he's a, he's a fee monster, but every fee he does, he, there's some value there. And so if you bring value, so we used to charge X dollars and in that you got the move in and move out fee and why the move in report, the move out report and why that fee, why that was so important is because it helps them guarantee their security deposit back. So that it's, it's help. It's helpful to the resident. Obviously it's helpful to the property manager and it's helpful to the, to the owner as well. All right. Yeah. So uh, on the move out. So I do have a couple of questions on there. Cause I think maybe mm-hmm. I have a different philosophy than you and I, I like, and we, maybe we debate this or maybe we agree. So you said that on your move in and your move out report, you want to document everything from head to toe. And I can tell you that we used to do that at first. And the challenge was going through those reports became very, very tedious, right? And it took hours of time, not just hours being at the property, taking the photos, but then hours for the property manager, right? So our, we had field techs. If you're big enough to have field techs, great. We still used on-site, even though we had field techs for our, for our periodics and an overflow of moving and move out. So I'm a big fan of, of Phil and his team over there. But my, my field tech would take two, three hours on a house, right? Depending on how the size of it. And then my property manager would take two hours to kind of review this thing. So what we did is we said, you know what? On the move outs, now on the move ins, we did what, exactly what you said. Head to toe, everything. On the move outs though, all we took photos were uh, anything that looked like wear and tear or damage. And we went yeah. from an, two, three hours to house to 30 minutes to house a 16 page report to a two page report. And we were, it, it actually helped us It reduced our overall cost, and it actually helped us have a reduction in security deposit disputes. So I just wanted to get your good, bad and different. What are your what's the positives and negatives of going it that way? Yeah, I mean, well, clearly you're wrong. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, so and, and there's value for, for you in that I will tell you what we do in that approach. And and I assume that any software out there like Z Inspector, you know, anything like that is, is going to have a similar functionality. But in our software, we're taking pictures of everything. But on items that we see that we go, oh, there's something wrong with that. There's a little button that we click that says needs further evaluation. And that puts it up in a summary section at the very top of the report that says, hey, before you get to the whole house walkthrough, here are all the items. Here are the pictures that we've marked as needs further evaluation. So a lot of our clients, they never look past that. They just look at those and then items. And you just have, you just have the documentation attention. just in case, right? The, yeah, That's the exactly right. Now, let me ask you this. Do your report, portal, can I yeah. look at your reports side to side? Yeah, absolutely. You Through can. our client portal, you can. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Absolutely. Okay. So yeah. I can look at kitchen and, to kitchen, living room to living room. So I don't have to right. sift through it, right? Like I have to sift through each report. I could just literally look at them side by side. And then, of course, if you pinpoint the damage, now instead of two hours reviewing it, I'm literally... And if you guys are doing it, I don't have to have a field tech do it for three hours. I have you that's guys exactly right. Now, the philosophy behind why we take a picture of everything is twofold. Okay. Number one you never know what you're going to miss that might be important. And I can tell you, yeah, you think uh, we just the field tech might think might not think it's important and it might become a big importance. So what's the example right. you have? We had a situation in Atlanta, Georgia, and this just got wrapped up, but we did a move in report and in the move in report, we were not taking a picture of the gas line. 
That's not something that we, that's not part of our scope of work. We weren't trying to capture the gas line. But because we philosophically do things the way that we do, the gas line was in one of our pictures. Okay. I'll give a very brief summary, but tenants moved in, bought a gas-powered dryer on Craigslist. I suspect that they tried to install it themselves. <laughs> Go out for dinner, come back from dinner. They smell a musty smell. They thought there was mold or mildew coming from the washer dryer, lit a candle, blew up the whole house. Like oh, literally man. lifted the roof off the house, walls come to like uh, real bad. I mean, um, obviously they didn't survive, which is the sad thing. They did survive. 80% burns over their entire body, oh, internal uh, burns from inhaling the, the flame. I mean, like oh, real bad. Uh, yeah. Really sad situation. Truly yeah. a tragic situation. Yeah. But because we had taken pictures of everything, we inadvertently had a picture that showed that when they moved in, that gas valve was closed. Got so, it. And now the insurance you know, company, that's what they were looking for. They were trying to blame it on whoever. And now... Yeah, they're, they're, that's right. They, they, they want to say, well, you know, that, that gas valve should have been closed and y'all had a gas leak, whatever. No, no, no. We, we were able to show that that gas valve was unequivocally closed. But then when the fire marshal came and did the inspection after the fire, it was in the full open position. So our photo showed it in the full off position. After the fact, it was in the full on position. It was Which very clearly somebody, opened right, between the time that the tenant moved in and the time of the explosion. Those are the kind of things that you just don't know what you need, right? So that's number one, is there's so many things that you just don't know what you might need at what point. And, and we're in this industry, we're in risk mitigation, right? We're making sure that we're, we're covering all those bases. Right. The other thing, and this is what's unique to us, that you could do what you could do or what you do that we can't, right? As a third party, we can't make decisions for our clients. So you might be able to have a technician in a, in a property and say, ah, that wall doesn't need to be painted. I see the smudges, but we're just going to leave it as is. And they don't take a picture of it, right? We got to document everything because we've right. got to give you the photo information so that you look at it and go, ah, I see why that was questionable and they didn't market as needs attention. But yeah, I'm going to go back and, and have that wall painted. We're not happy with that. That's a half a million dollar house. Nobody expects to move into that house with smudges right, on the wall. Right. So we have to photo document everything because we're not the decision makers. As a company representative, your team member could make that decision on the fly. We got to document it just in case you feel differently about it than we did. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. Let's move on to periodics real quick. So, yeah. all right. So periodics, one of the main hassles is getting that resident on the line and having the resident, mm. you know, have somebody... Now, after a pandemic, it's back. It's actually been easier, as my guess, because mo more and more people are still working from home. During That's the right. pandemic, believe it or not, like we can get in any house. It was amazing. Like after the initial scare, right? Because yeah. everybody was working from home. So I know it's pain, but when you guys are doing a periodic, you know what? Are, what are we looking for? What are the top three, or what are, what are the top three things that you see that are maybe uh, infractions or or li or or, um, or liabilities? Instead of specific items, let me start with giving you categories. Okay. Uh, when you're doing a periodic report, you're really looking for three things. Is the tenant doing what they're supposed to be doing? Are they changing the air filter? Are they changing the batteries and the smoke alarms? Are they mowing the front yard and the backyard? I mean, there are things that they have to do to maintain that house, right? So yeah. are they doing what they're supposed to be doing? Okay. Number two, are they not doing what they're not supposed to be doing? 
You know, have they yeah. are they smoking in the a, house? Are they that's right? Yeah. Trampoline, swimming pool. Do they have illicit pets? Are right. there seven people living there when there are supposed to be two people living there? You know, right. are they not doing the things that they're not supposed right. to be doing? Are they building a meth lab? <laughs> Details, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. minus that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then third is identifying any type of unnoticed or unreported maintenance or risk items or liability type items. So those are the three things you're really looking for. Are they doing what they're supposed to do? Are they not doing the things they're not supposed to do? And are there any unnoticed or unreported maintenance risk or liability type items? If you categorize it that, that way, the details of it kind of fall into place of the types of things. But I mean, honestly, Pete, just to get on site, to get making sure that the the air filters are being changed every six months, you're going to save your owner a lot of money over the life of that property. A lot of money. Yeah. It's worth that. So one of the things that we did at Empire was because people wouldn't respond to your calls and we'd get a long list of, hey, these people aren't being cooperative, right? So to combat that, what we did is we would not do a lease renewal unless they, unless they did the, the, the periodic. And that got a big amount of people to, to, to let you guys in, right? Because if they didn't, they didn't do a a lease renewal, then what we did is we would stick a for rent sign in their yard. <laughs> nice. Now that's, nice. that's drastic, you know, but first we were doing like month to month and then we realized that people still wouldn't do the periodic, but they pay the month to month. And I'm like, mm. what the heck? They're going to pay an extra $200 plus an admin fee. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So for the, for the few that would not, you know, that wouldn't let you guys in, we would go in and we put a for rent sign and let them know that this is their 30 day notice and they're moving out. They, they, in effect, they gave us their notice by not allowing onsite into the, into the property. So just a tip there for if anybody is having challenges with a resident, that's not letting somebody in because they're quote unquote too busy. Right. And you guys work, I think you guys work Saturdays, right? Don't you guys work like, yeah, you work Saturdays. Saturday appointments appointments are precious though. They book up fast, real fast, but I'll tell you something. Another, uh, another strategy that a lot of our clients pursue is they basically build a penalty and they say, Hey, listen, if you don't get this scheduled, fine, we'll go meet on site pros and we'll go through the property with them. But right. you're going to pay for our time from the time we leave the property or the leave our office to the time we get back, back to, to our office. office at X dollars an hour. I like uh, that too. And all of a sudden, people get it scheduled. It's, it's amazing how available they yeah. become when well, I <laughs> think, with yeah, those kinds Well, of I think, again, you know, I think it's getting, well, you tell me, is it getting easier to schedule now that with a lot of people were being able to work from home a couple of days a week? You know, a lot, a lot of people haven't yeah, gone I mean, back to the office full time. Yeah, it, it, it's easier than it used to be. And honestly, we've, in general, we've never had a, a significant amount of difficulty getting it. There's a percentage of people that just don't want you in their house. And that's more of a preference than it is availability because we can work with the people who have limited availability, but there are people who stonewall you. Those are the people that. Meth lab, growth lab, 14 dogs, Uh, 22 people. Yeah, exactly. That's right. But those Uh, are also the properties that you most need to be in. hundred percent. hundred percent. All right. So we we got limited time left here, but I do want to talk a little bit about using the reports as a marketing tool. You know, I think you had brought this up to me years ago and just tell our our audience, like, you know, how to get clients by using these professional reports, whether you use onsite pros or or Z inspector or something like that. But, you know, what, what's the benefit and how do we get clients by using, by actually showing these reports? 
Yeah, and we've got a lot of clients who who do that. Some of our clients actually print out a copy of our report and they put it in their investor packets, which that's a lot of ink and a lot of paper. I don't I don't really recommend that, but yeah. as part of the the wooing process, they make sure that they get a copy of a report that has been done at a, a home in their portfolio and go look. This is the type of property awareness that you can expect from us. And yep. this is done by an independent third party. So they're showing you not what we want you to see, but what is. And it it gives you confidence that we are caring for the property the way that you would want it to be cared for, that there aren't things going on there that we don't know about, that we are getting out there with regularity. We're not just going to get too busy and not be able to make it because we've got someone else who's doing it. And here is the thorough nature of that report you know you're going to be able to maintain high levels of property awareness. And that's that's part of the value of what we provide you as a service as your property management company is this level of detailed property awareness. And it it makes a huge difference to maybe not to that, you know, institutional investor that's got a, a 150 doors, but to that investor that's got one, two, three doors, man, that is is Actually, the, the accidental landlord, which we're going to have an influx this year, it makes the mm. most difference too. And so more, it's more important now than ever. If, you, if you're able to know who your target is and, and who you're talking to, I highly recommend when you're talking to an accidental landlord that this report is, show, is in your sales pitch or in your marketing at some, at some point. We had, it on, we had a report on our website. We literally, literally linked the report on our website. We had a really good one and a really bad one. Because you know what? People don't want to see the perfect one. Like, I want to show you the bad one. Uh, you know, like yeah. this this stuff happens. And I know some people would say, well, now you're you're showing them bad and you shouldn't do that. And maybe that's not the right thing or, the, or whatever. But we, we did both. I think that's the right call. Now, at VPM, I talk to a lot of people who have like 100 doors, right? And they're, mm -hmm. so they're looking for their first remote team member. And Every time I talk to them, we, for some reason, the, the, the demo becomes a coaching call and the coaching call comes to, the, you know, the, the going to the properties mm. and they have to, you know, they feel like that, you know, they still have to go to all these properties and do all this stuff. And I'm like, if you could, uh, you know, hire a field tech, great, but at a hundred doors, you probably can't. So leverage onsite pros, let them do all the windshield time for you. Figure out a way to, to offset the cost, you know, whether it's to your, your owner or to your, to your resident. And then you could have, hire the room OT member and train them to actually review the reports. And then they can move all escalations up, up to you. And so highly recommend Phil and his team. Phil, we're up against it. So I'm going to take a quick commercial break. And then we're going to put you in the hot seat, the lightning round. You, all, you ready? I'm ready. All right. I'm ready. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. Create the best move-in experience for your resident or homeowner. Citizen Home Solutions is a utility concierge service designed to assist with services needing activation prior to moving into a new home. Our experienced team will help eliminate the stress of setting up services. No more calling a long list of service providers to get everything connected and ready for move-in day. Your client will value the white glove service provided on your behalf. True, Citizen Home Solutions assist with utilities, but more importantly, we create an experience that your client will appreciate and love. Our service is free and offers you a revenue share program. Want to know more? Visit pmcpartner.com. 
Have you ever considered hiring a property management virtual assistant, but didn't know where to start? Or have you tried hiring a virtual assistant, but you weren't satisfied with the number of qualified applicants? If so, VPM Solutions is here to help. VPM is the world's first virtual talent marketplace dedicated specifically to property management and real estate. We have thousands of talented virtual assistants ready to work for you, including assistance for accounting, leasing, maintenance coordination, rent collections, and much more. With VPM, you can post jobs, screen candidates, hire and pay your virtual assistants, all from within our state-of-the-art platform. VPM is the easy button for hiring and managing your virtual team. And the best part? VPM Solutions is 100% free to employers. That's right, free. No placement fees, no employer markups, and no hidden charges. With VPM, property managers get the talent they need while reducing costs and improving customer service. Visit vpmsolutions.com and create your free account today. PestShare, a pest control amenity for your resident benefits program, starting at just $5 per door. You can give your residents the pest control coverage they need. PestShare will even pay for the expensive infestations like bed bugs and cockroaches. End the debate over who pays for pest control, while PestShare turns an expense into added revenue. For more information, check out their website at pestshare.com forward slash property managers. Here we are at the lightning round. Phil Owen, CEO of Onsite Pros. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, here Bring we go. It. All right. What piece of advice would you give someone just starting out in the PM business? Do things today the way that you will wish you had done them three to five years from now. Start out building the way that you, you hope you will achieve. You know, Build things in a scalable way. Don't just look at it and go, well, I've got time to do it now, so I'll always have time. You won't. Build things the right way from the ground up. Does on-site pros use virtual assistants? Absolutely. Lots of them. Does thank you, by the way. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> does pineapple belong on No, thank you. But does pineapple belong on pizza? Ah, my favorite pizza is a thin crust, mushroom, bacon, pineapple, and black olive. Yes. Unequivocally, yes. We used to be friends, Phil. We used to be friends. <laughs> Wedge issues. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first job? Oh, my first job was waiting tables. Really? Local. Actually, no, that's not true. My first job was, was working residential construction. That was, yeah, that was before, before waiting tables. Okay. What is your ideal vacation? Oh, mountains. I live in the mountains, but I like to get away to the mountains. I hate the beach. Drives my family crazy because they love the beach. And I, <laughs> I hate the beach. What is something that, that most people don't know about you? Oh, wow. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know it from looking at me now, but in high school, I was actually an all-state wrestler. And one, once upon a time, I at was the a one, At the like 110 pound? What, 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 uh, what, in what in high school, it was 125, actually. 125. So you're not too far off. <laughs> <laughs> College was 133, but that was when I, I got buff and, and up to 130 pounds, right? That's, <laughs> that, that was big, Phil. Well, well now, now I will let you win the uh, pineapple uh, on pizza war. I'm not definitely wrestling over that one. <laughs> <laughs> What book are you currently reading or what is one that's impacted your business or life? Currently, I'm rereading Traction, which is one that has significantly impacted my life. That, that, that has changed our business. Traction by Gino Wickman. Agreed. 
What Disney character do you most associate with? Oh, gosh, that's a tough one. Let I me go. I thought with... you froze up for a second. You know, it's funny. Out Let of me... all the questions that I ask in the lightning round, this is the one that gets people the most. Well, I mean, there's so many. Like you're sitting here, you're 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 racing through all of these, all of these. Uh... Can, can I make a re recommendation? I, maybe Goofy. Tell, no, tell I'm me. Tidding. I'm teasing. Uh oh, I'm teasing. I was gonna I'm go teasing. with Aladdin. Hey, but somebody that's... else just yeah. went with Aladdin. I like that one. Yeah. All right. Not the genie, yeah, Aladdin. Yeah, definitely oh. Aladdin. All right. Yeah. All right. What is one challenge you are currently facing in your business? Gosh, scaling. You know, it's it's a matter of the labor market is so tight that a lot of people are outsourcing and they're going, hey, we can't hire and keep people to do this. So we want to outsource it. So they're bringing it to us. Right. And we're having the same problem, but we're we're finally getting over that mountain. But that has been a, a huge challenge is just the, the tight labor market. Which do you prefer, dogs or cats? Dogs. All right, we're friends again. Okay. <laughs> if somebody is listening to this and they want to get in touch with you guys or, or with your team over at Onsite Pros, what's the best way to contact you guys? You can go through our website, Onsite Pros, and that's O-N-S-I-G-H-T, as in site, visual site, O-N-S-I-G-H-T-P-R-O-S.com. And if you're listening to this and you're not a member of NARPM and you'd like to join, you can go to narpm.org, N-A-R-P-M.org. You can email them at info at narpum.org or give them a call at 800-782-3452. And if you want to scale your business and you want to be able to go to the mountains or be on the beach and not have to worry about tons of emails and phone calls when you get back and you want a remote team member or a bunch of them, go to VPM Solutions, Virtual Property Management Solutions, vpmsolutions.com, or you can email me at pete at vpmsolutions.com. Phil, thanks so much for being here today, man. Really appreciate it. I want you. to revise my statement. Okay. Best advice I would give is join NARPM first day. They're going to teach you to set things up the right way. Start out joining NARPM. If you're not a NARPM member, fix that. That's right. Now. All right. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Pete. This has been a production of the National Association of Residential Property Managers, the recognized leader in property management, along with your host, Pete Newbig. CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. If you have a hot topic you'd like discussed on the podcast, please email us at radio at narpum.org. 